This week on the Second Act Entrepreneur Show, we are diving into part two of our three-part series on email sequences to create for your small business to not only create customer loyalty, create um, create trust with people that haven't purchased from you, but um, also build rapport and build uh, advocacy for your brand. So these are four you probably haven't thought of before, four sequences. And so they're the most overlooked or ignored or not created email sequences. So I can't wait to dive into them with you this, with you on this week's episode. So without further ado, let's dive in. Hey there, I'm Elisa Connor, ex-corporate marketer turned entrepreneur. And along the way, I made all the mistakes just so you don't have to. Chances are you have a pretty full career. You've got experience, expertise, and probably a whole lot of education. The problem is people can't find you. This is why each week on the Second Act Entrepreneur Show, we feature expert education, marketing insights, and mindset shifts that are gonna help you create a profitable business so you can secure your legacy, ensuring that you thrive not only in your first career, but also your second act. Welcome email marketing is the best way to captivate and enthrall your audience as well as build trust with them. Yet I've heard from so many people, it's so hard to write emails. Well, I'm here to tell you there are some fun and exciting things on the horizon that are going to help you do just that. But to get you started, I've created a brand new guide that helps you create that first sequence. It's your, your welcome sequence, which basically is a hi, great to meet you. So good to know you. Here's a few things that might help you out kind of sequence. Yet people struggle with writing. I get it. It can be like banging your head on the wall or staring at a blank screen and going, I have nothing to say. And that stinks. So I've made it easy for you. You can get access to this guide for free over at alisaconnor.com forward slash email guide, all one word, and you can grab your copy today. So if you're struggling with writing that welcome series and you don't know what to say in those first few emails to build rapport and trust with your audience, you're, you're going to want to go grab this guide. It was created with you in mind to make it easy for you to get this done in less than an hour. So go grab the guide today at alisaconnor.com forward slash email guide. And I look forward to seeing you in my inbox. So is your curiosity peaked yet about which of these email sequences you may not have created yet? I hope so. These are typically sequences that when I work with students and also business owners, whether I'm consulting or they're teach, I'm teaching them through my online um, portals, most people are surprised when I bring up these four specific sequences. And nine times out of 10, usually 10 out of 10, people don't even have these created. Now, I would be remiss in saying that I have all of these created at one time in my business. Some of these are sequences that you're going to have to create multiple times over only because they have to do with the different ebb and flow of your business. But some of them are very quick. Some of them um, will make a dramatic impact on the effectiveness of your email marketing. And I can't wait to dive into them. So let's start with one that you probably haven't even thought of. And if you have thought of it, um, it probably isn't done or, um, may need a little bit of updating. And that uh, sequence is the onboarding sequence. So you may be asking yourself, what in the heck is an onboarding sequence? I've never even heard of this. Well, this is your opportunity to woo your new customer and keep them engaged so that they get better results faster 
with whatever you've sold them. And it works for products. It works for services. It works for a combination of the two. And the reason is, is that this is going the extra mile to ensure that your customer is getting the best experience from whatever it is you sold them. So let's use an example if you are an online course creator of how you could use this. An onboarding sequence would include things like a welcome. Here's your information on how to access the learning portal. Here's what you can expect if you are offering, say, um, coaching calls with your program. The calls are gonna be these dates. Mark it on your calendar with a calendar link in there. It could include things like if you have uh, problems in the future with tech and you can't get logged in, here is an email address for you to contact my support team. It could include things like um, course expectations. So a lot of times when you are uh, rolling out the information from your online course, it may be dripped, meaning that you're only giving them a week's worth of learning at a time. And in often cases, if you're trying to get people to walk through a process, the dripping of um, content is really for their benefit. Because instead of being overwhelmed by like 20 weeks worth of content or eight weeks or whatever it is, they are just focused on whatever's in there right now focused on the lessons and focused on um, getting that one little piece of the puzzle completed. And so rather than overwhelm them with like, here's all the steps for everything you're ever going to want to know. A lot of times that just means people will be like, mm, nope, too much. And I read a statistic once and it was like some flabbergasting number that 85% or 95% of people who purchase online courses never finish them. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, we've got to do something to help these people get through the course, because if they don't get through the course, they can't get their problem solved. And that's really why they've come to you in the first place. And so an onboarding sequence really keeps people on track and you can continue after that first email of like information, how to log in, you can continue to add those little um, tips and links and things like that for upcoming parts of the course material. But more importantly, you can send them emails that says, say, hey, we know she didn't log in this week. We really, we're missing you. And we, we don't want you to, you know, get too far behind or whatever it is that you want to put in those emails. Or you can talk about whatever it is you're going to talk about in the course for that week to get them excited about tuning in. And what it does is it increases the likelihood that they get to the end of the course, see the results that they've been promised. Don't ask for a refund because they've seen results and they're actually getting the benefit of the course that you provided them. But more importantly, they get to the end, they get their results in their, you know, in their business or their life, whatever it is you're, you know, coaching them on. And they share their experience with other people. And so having that onboarding sequence for your um, customers that have paid really can be beneficial. And it doesn't just have to be course course creators. I just use that example. I oftentimes want to give examples of people that have um, even service-based businesses. So let's say you are a business coach and somebody's signed up for coaching with you. Well, if you have an onboarding sequence already created that sends them a reminder about what you're talking about in your coaching session, where they need to upload some information that's um, you know required for you to get the most uh, they, they would get the most out of their session. And then even links to like 
how you're meeting, because if, if it's an online meeting, they need a Zoom link, that kind of stuff. But you can set that stuff up in advance. And then there may be um, pieces that you have to plug in and out. Like I know with mine, I have Acuity scheduling and I can just put a link in there for my Zoom. It connects to Zoom. And so every time that email goes out, they have the Zoom link already. I don't have to do anything. So it eliminates me having to create that every time that I have a new coaching client. And it also ensures that that client is feeling like they're being taken care of, that somebody actually cares that they've signed up with them and that it's, it uh, is a very professional business-like experience. But also a reminder, people are busy. They forget they have a million things going on. And when you can give them those reminders a couple of days before, especially if they have work that they need to turn in or different um, background items, then that's going to be really helpful to them because it'll trigger in their brain that, oh yeah, I've got to do that. And if you send them, you know, a couple of emails before that session, the likelihood one that they show up um, goes up exponentially, but two, that they show up prepared that's even better because then you both can work from that perspective and get a lot more done. So I highly recommend setting up an onboarding series. If you don't have time to do this for every single product, if you have multiple products, start with the one that you use the most. Start with the one that is the most popular, popular that the most people have purchased and then build from there because you never, I never want you to feel overwhelmed with the email marketing and the different marketing tactics that need um, to, you know, go into your business. These are to help you gain traction, to help you get your time back. And so if you just start with one and then you will see the benefit that it brings to you and your business and um, it will motivate you to get the the other ones done when you're, (laughs) you know, when you have a little bit more free time. So there's a lot of opportunity here for you to build rapport build trust, and ultimately to build loyalty with the people that I purchased from you. And what comes with loyalty is even better, referrals. Because if they're happy and they've had a really good experience with your product, service, and also your onboarding and your customer care, chances that they're gonna recommend you to someone else is much, much higher. And that is how you grow your business more quickly and efficiently. So the onboarding sequence is one that I highly recommend and I recommend you create it for every product that you have out there. So why you might be thinking, why do you, why would I wanna create an onboarding sequence that I couldn't just use across the board? Well, because people are purchasing different products or solutions from you for different reasons. And so if you try to turn this into a one and done sequence for each of your products, you're gonna miss the mark because people that may be wanting to buy a watermelon are not gonna be interested in buying a waterbed. And they're gonna have totally different problems, totally different issues. And one email sequence trying to cover all of those bases is going to just be an ultimate fail. So you don't wanna do that. Which may mean you need to take a little bit of time when before you go out and launch your product and try and sell it to come up with the sequence and, and the process of how you're going to bring people into your world as a customer. So number one is your onboarding sequence. Number two, um, this is probably the uh, the least (laughs) um, created email sequence. And that's because people don't like it. It makes them uncomfortable. Um, And they, so they avoid it. 
And that is the breakup sequence. And so you may be going, oh, what's the breakup sequence? I don't know if I like that. It already has kind of a negative connotation. But the breakup sequence is really important because what it does is it removes people from your email list that are no longer interested in getting email from you, yet they haven't unsubscribed themselves. And so you have to make the call in your own business about when this breakup sequence happens. But I recommend cleaning your email list every quarter, if not more often, depending on how big your list is. And the reason is, is that if you have a bunch of people on your list that are not opening your emails and they ultimately just delete them, that is going to hurt your deliverability rates for all your other emails. And we already have enough working against us in that room, you know, that world that we don't want to add to the pie if we don't have to. And so having a regular list cleanup is actually really healthy for your list because it removes people that don't um, want to hear from you. Maybe they no longer need what you do. Maybe they've already worked with someone else. Maybe they're just taking a hiatus and they just don't have time to read your emails right now. They can always resubscribe. There's nothing saying like they can't go and sign up for your list again if they become interested. But by clearing them out, not only do you improve your deliverability, your open rates, your click-through rates, and the people that actually, you know, will get your emails and pay attention to them, but you also make space for new people to sign up and to attract the right people. Now, most people, when they start their business, including myself, we will start building an email list. That's what we're told to do, build an email list. Not everyone does it, but the people that um, do will get motivated, do it, create a lead magnet, whatever that might be, and start building their list. However, our businesses evolve. And so the people that we originally put on our email list may not be a good fit for our list anymore. So this is another really important reason to clean your email list on a regular basis is that you're going to be removing people that aren't a fit for your business anymore. And nothing, there's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just that you've outgrown each other. And as you get more and more clear about what you offer and who you help, which is going to happen over time, that is going to be an easier decision for you to make because perhaps you were trying to do all the things, which is what most entrepreneurs do. That's just how we learn. And then you start to really narrow down. Well, somebody you might have been interested in say a website and now you're like, no, what I really do is sales funnels and I don't really do a lot with websites. That website lead is not gonna be a good fit for you and you're not gonna be a good fit for them. And so unless you have a referral partner that you want to um, you know, refer them to, you really don't need to have them on your list. So cleaning your list is not difficult, but it is something that I really, um, it, the steps to do it are not difficult. Sometimes the emotional piece of it can be difficult because you're like, oh, I don't want to get rid of the people that are on my list. I work so hard to get them. But if they're not the right fit and they're not going to purchase from you, they're just taking up space. And um, you really want to make room for the people that do have the potential to become clients and that will actually want to purchase from you or have purchased from you. So that's number two. Number three is one that's also forgotten about a lot. And this is your abandoned cart sequence. Now this one has, we're getting into a little bit more technical um, email marketing at this point, but your abandoned cart sequence is something that can be a little bit tricky to set up because you can't send this unless people are logged in and you have some information from them. 
Um, so you've got to have their email address in order to send this, but it can be really powerful, especially if you have a product-based business. This is more for people that have um, some sort of shopping cart option on their website. So this could also be for a course creator. Like if you have courses or mini courses or um, programs that you sell through a shopping cart, this will be available to you. If you do not have that capability, so that would be like a Kajabi. Kajabi has that. Um, Thinkific has this capability. So anybody that has like a payment processing system likely has the ability for you to set up an abandoned cart email. Now, typically you can only send one of these, but I'm sure you've gotten them before. You just didn't even think about how in the world did they get this email to me? Or you're just like, it worked and you went and purchased whatever it was that was in your cart. So that's what it is. So for example, I am a cyber shop. I'm a cyber window shopper. (laughs) So I will go and I just add all these different things to my cart. And it's usually has to do with my hobby. And then, um, I just, I get busy and I go do something else and I forget about it. And so the good marketers out there, the companies that I have purchased from and that I, you know, they know who I am, will then send me an email within 12 or 24 hours that says, hey, you forgot these things. Did you still want to buy them? Or this is running low or whatever. Um, But you have the capability to set that kind of email sequence up in your business if you're selling online programs and um, things that would be part of a shopping cart protocol. So if you haven't set that up, I highly recommend that you set that up. It's a one email sequence and it can be really powerful to remind people to go and actually hit the checkout button. And it has been proven to increase sales by like 30 to 40%, which is crazy. I'm like, that's insane, but it totally works. So I wanna give you the tips and the tools that work for your business and your email marketing. So last but not least, this is again, if you're feeling overwhelmed, this is a more advanced strategy. And it doesn't have to be overwhelming, but I do wanna forewarn you that it can be. And this sequence is based on your subscribers' behavior. And typically the way those subscriber-based email sequences are set up is based on an action taken within the email. So whether that's clicking on a survey, clicking on a link, watching a video, um, whatever that might be, you can then on the back end set up a sequence that's attached to that behavior. So how does that look? Maybe you're a hairstylist and you want to know the most popular color among your um, clients for fall. So you can do an email that says, hey, here's the trending colors for fall. And um, they are trending hair colors for fall. They're orange, uh, red highlights. I don't know, just whatever you wanna come up with. You have four of them. And then you create a sequence for each of those people or each of those different colors that um, will talk about the benefits of, you know, that color for fall. So for example, if they chose red, you might be like, okay, so I, you know, you are ambitious and exciting and um, really daring if you want your hair to be red. 
And here's some things to watch out for. Like you probably don't want to wear a lot of the orange colors for fall because it's going to clash. And so, you know, something like that. And that's just a random um, example. But if you're talking about like maybe an online course and you have multiple offerings. So for example, in my business, I may have somebody I may have somebody that's interested in, you know, setting up their website or having copy created. So they're more interested in messaging, or I may have somebody that's interested in the tech piece of setting up their sales funnel, or I may have somebody that's interested in working with somebody one-on-one -on -one to just help them figure out how, you know, what's the strategy for their marketing. And so I could have an email that went out and said, here's the top five, um, hot topics, marketing topics for 2023. Uh, writing powerful messaging, email marketing that uh, slays your sales, you know, and a total of five. And then I could set up sequences that are based on each of those different topics that cater that content to that reader. So if they chose email sequences that slay your sales, they're going to get a whole sequence that talks about different ways that you can use email and they're going to get a link to a guide that is, you know, how to use email to grow uh, customer relationships and build long-term commitments, that sort of thing. It helps you filter out your people based on their interest areas. So yes, this takes some time to set up because depending on how many choices you give them, you've got to set up a sequence for each of those. It can be a little bit complicated, but man, is it worth it? And that's one of the reasons I bring it up because behavior triggered email sequences convert the highest and have the most powerful effect for long-term customer benefits and relationships than any other sequence. And that's because you are delivering to your audience, your specific subscriber, exactly what they're looking for. So that would be like you going to the ice cream store and they, you walk in and they're like, oh, you're here for mint chocolate chip again, huh? And you're like, yeah, I'm told, how did they remember that? Well, clever marketers can do the same thing with their email funnels. And this is another reason that email marketing is so powerful because you can't do this on social media. You can make your best guess, but you don't have the opportunity to ask your subscriber, hey, what about this? Are you interested in this? And have them respond. And so the user behavior triggered email sequences are really one of the most powerful, powerful marketing tools you can use in your business. So that's what we have this week, short, but sweet. But we talked about those four different sequences that most people either haven't heard of, don't think about creating or haven't created them for some reason or other. I want to hear back from you on which of these you think will be the most beneficial for your business. Will it be the onboarding sequence? Will it be the email breakup sequence? Will it be the cart abandon sequence? Or will it be that behavior trigger sequence? Come and tell me on uh, social media or come and leave a comment under this post over at the show notes at elisaconnor.com forward slash 158. In the meantime, I hope you have a wonderful week. Everything is going well for you. And if you've gotten some value out of this episode, I would love for you to share it with someone else so that we can help them grow too. Till then, next week, part three of this episode or of this series, and I'm super excited to share those really powerful email sequences, four more to go. And uh, I'll be here next week, same time, same station. In the Did you miss something during the
podcast, maybe forgot to take notes, no worries, we've taken all the notes for you. All the resources, links, and information in this episode you can find over at alisaconnor.com forward slash podcast. That's A-L-I-S-A-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash podcast.
In the meantime, be well, take care, and stay safe.